This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremony. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. We're going to do this right and proper this time. So, <clears throat> I have several things I wish to say to everyone here. First of all, the shoot went off without a hitch. And if hitch could get off, we'd be much further along. <laughs> but I can't, I can't, I can't. So anyway, please, everyone enjoy the, the foods and the arrangements and the drinking and the drinking and the drinking because you're not the one paying for it. <laughs> But, uh, oh, 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 you, everyone, enjoy themselves, go off, go far, go do what you want to do. And if you can do it well under film, we would be even further along, yes? Good, good, goodbye. Good. Uh, don't mind our crew, we're just having a little bit of a rap party. It's one of where usual traditions I've picked up from you Arthurs. A little song, a little dance, a lot of food. What is the Arthur obsession with these round, flat pastries with that you throw... Uh, you threw curdled milk upon and smashed fruit. Uh, the, the, and then various slices of meat. I, I don't get it. It's not a sedentary way of doing things. But I will say this, our actors do love it so much. But you're not interested in that kind of delicacy. You're interested in stories of the Tau Marie Celestia, yes? Good, good. Now, why don't you have a little slice of the pizza? Is that it? Pizza? Uh, whatever. <sighs> have a slice, have a drink, and I will let you know how we're doing. So, when we last left our crew of intrepid adventurers, they had found a beautiful little hangar on the first and last outpost that the Tau Marie Celestia was about in that same area. In there, they found a ship, a ship that responded to the song that both Tuval and Mirgrad could listen to, and it was Ty, who identified it very much as a ship, even though it looked like a um, trilobite, I believe is what they're called. So, when we have our friends coming in, it becomes a question of, as important, when you have a large, massive, biological thing before you, who wishes to step in front and maybe climb aboard? So, everybody else, I'm assuming, comes on board. Wait, wait, Dooley, what did you say you were doing? You wanted to talk to it, that's right, yeah. Right, I'm trying to talk to it. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I basically go to the spot where it was talking to us and say, we would like to leave here now and we want to take you with us. Do you have a problem with this? Well, before you had a translator in the form of Mirgrat. Right. Are you going to ask Mirgrat to ask it as well? Yeah, I mean, you can still have a translator in the form of Mirgrat. Yeah, just, okay. Yeah, Mirrorat is still what? in play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I did talk to it once, so... And okay. I don't know if it understood me, but yeah, it'll be easier. I thought Mirgret went inside. That's what I thought. I thought Mirgret went inside, and I thought you had stayed outside. If I got that wrong, then... then I can oh, that. yeah, I did go inside. Okay, so... 
Um, I guess I will go ask Mirgrat to talk to it for me. I mean, it does. I mean, you're telepathic. It doesn't really matter where you are. This is true. It actually, does she has uh, tele- telepathy requires line of sight? Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. But like, okay. But if you're inside, you're line I mean, of sight. The ship, I, like, I assume I have line of sight. Well, again, you were going in, so you were kind of going on the. Uh, you were kind of going up the ramp, as it were, when when Dooley was there. If Dooley is still like doesn't want to go inside, that's fine. If Dooley is like, okay, I'll just follow you guys and ask you questions, that's fine too. I was just trying to figure out the specifics. Um, yeah, I'll follow and ask the questions because I don't want to be like accidentally left behind. So <laughs> I would do that. I would definitely do that. Yes, you would do that. <laughs> After all this, uh, um, you so- lose. So you ask, you know, Becca, ask, uh, sorry, uh, Mirgrat to translate for it. Uh, what was the question you were asking before? I'm trying to explain to it that we need to leave and we okay. would like to have it come with us. We will help it find its purpose. So you're like, oh, uh, you know my function? I understand my function I serve I function it's do I get the impression that this creature can actually give consent um or is it just it's more a biological ship that you know its whole purpose is to be a ship and it doesn't really care Give me a sense motive check. Okay. 29. Damn. I guess I'm really good at understanding this thing. (laughs) Well, judging from, again, you're getting with the translator to translate the the music and choir of its speaking through the telepathy. What you're getting the idea of is that what you heard before was like the thoughts of a newborn infant. Now you're getting the conceptualism and discussions of a two-year-old. Okay. Uh, give me one, if you have knowledge operations pilot or knowledge engineering, either one, give me a roll. <laughs> okay. An eight. <laughs> no. Not good. Uh, so you're like, this is really strange, but at least you've been able to say, look, it's not so much can it give consent, it's it's a child, but here's the part where you went, wait, it's more of a child than it was before. Before it was, you know, straight out of the womb zygote uh, fetus. Now it's got, again, a little bit more understanding and clarification. Okay. All right. Again, only just. Again, it's like talking to a two-year-old trying to discuss quantum physics and consent. I mean, my uh, the 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 linguistic development classes that I've taken are are screaming at me that you y- y- were probably talking to a slightly older child, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you want to do a sense motive since you're the one doing the translation? Uh, I mean, no, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> do you want to do sense motive? Fuck you. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Three. That's an eight. <laughs> same as you. It's like, well, this is odd. Now, again, you're getting that same sort of feeling like, well, I feel you. my reluctance is, is well-founded. Fair enough. Uh, but you're like, okay, it's a little older than it was before, but it's still, you know, barely there. I mean, you're, you're, it's not even getting to the point of I work now, how I work now. Ergo, it's not even there. We're not even at pack, uh, uh, pack led intelligence. I mean, yeah, it's probably whatever, like, core Ty put in there. That's just, like, what the core does. So, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't worry about it if anybody asked her. Nobody did, but she wouldn't. <laughs> well, Ty's, you know, busy on the bridge. Though, once you, everybody else follows you to the bridge, they see, you know, you, Ty, in kind of a central chair, console in front of you. Again, after the, ew, gross. Oh, right. This is, you know, oh, that's where these 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 uh, mooring structures are located. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> uh you know, oh, this is how we get, you know, a visual visual screen. And oh, look, I think this is communications uh, over that station over there, and over there is that. And basically, as you're kind of like saying, huh, there really should be this. The actual ship itself seems to respond, and gel forms whatever you think needs to be where. So. This would be really cool if it was not made of meat, but you know what? <laughs> Can't have everything. Yep. Alright, I have a question. Picky picky. <laughs> Ask your meat question. <laughs> we have a lot of things on the shuttle, like the brains and food. Um, I think we'll need to be transferring those while Ty is working our magic with the bridge. I mean, or we could just get the ships to fly over them. there and get them. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Can it just like om nom nom them and and ha and we'll have them on board? This seems like something good. within the the ship's capability. I have. Yeah. It might be a good idea if someone like went to explain to them that this is what's going to happen though, because I really don't know how this thing is going to react if someone's cop friend decides to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. How how far away? You said it was like a couple, like five or six football fields or something? Uh, well, again, that was the interior. Uh, walking to here, again, it took a little while. Uh, not like, you know, hours have passed, but enough that it was like, okay, you, you were probably walking for maybe an hour or so. Kaluta actually says, I shall run back. I shall inform them and they will await you. We will beat you there. He then, you know, pounds okay. his chest twice. Like, He's again, a good like, draft pick. What? He was a good draft pick. <laughs> he pounds his chest and then just starts taking off running in that white suit of his. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. what else would he be wearing, Dan? He just strips right quick so he can just run back. For <laughs> no reason, he just felt like it. <laughs> hey, he still got the he still got the lucha mask on. <laughs> So, but All right. he heads off, and that should give you guys some time to do, again, pre-flight checks, figure a few things out, and he will let them know not to be scared when a massive trilobite flies over them. So, let me see if I understood this. As Ty's going through the pre-flight check, every now and then, Ty will say, I wonder where the, or this should be here, and it appears. Yes. Okay. So... 
and there's nothing else in here really. So at some point in time, I'm going to turn to Mirgrat and say, I think we can convince the ship to like make some seats. <laughs> Actually, there are couches and seats and not couches in the. Yeah, it, uh, it already I, made seats. It was way ahead of us. It's a good ship. But are they for the big people? Because like the everything else has been for like really tall people. I mean, um, I, Dan didn't specify, but I assumed these were us sized seats. Or oh, see, I, things I assumed it wasn't. Or else yeah. he would have been like, and the ship unhelpfully produces seats that are too big for you to sit in. <laughs> oh, no, they wouldn't be too big for you to sit in. They, you would just feel like a child with your legs dangling. Yeah. Um, uh, welcome to my fucking world. That happens to me on regular seats. <laughs> yeah, like, for real. <laughs> this is just normal. Oh, I'm dead. My feet touch the ground when I sit in things. <laughs> <laughs> They mentioned that you're asking about the seats, and yes, they have the couches. Now, I don't mean couches in the way they talk about an expanse, where you have space couches, which are basically seats form-fitted for you so you can strap yourself in. They're actually couches, like you could lay on them. Now, they're curvy. Uh, yeah, but they're couches. They're, they're arched. They're curved, so you can lay on them, and you also get better views of, like, the view and outside. And again, near these couches, uh, again, little station panels seem to open up, particularly when you know, Ty is like, okay, we need one of those there. We need something like that there. You know what we need there? A lamp. Um, I like that Ty is designing our ship on the fly and the ship is just like, yeah, I'm done with that. Apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but this area you're in is a very small percentage of the vessel in, you know, in, yeah, at large, as far as you can tell. Okay, uh, that means it's time to go exploring. <laughs> okay. So you do what is essentially the free pre-flight checks, and the thing you're realizing as you do them, Ty, is that... Uh, give me a quick sense motive check. This is the only thing I can think of for this particular type of, of logic and reasoning. Okay. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> 15. I'll allow. All right. So what you're realizing is that, yeah, these buttons and controls do work the way that you want them to, but there's no reason for them to work the way you want them to. They're basically, you know, uh, synapses and diodes and, and neural tissue and levers made out of what is essentially, you know, hair uh, or fingernails. Gross. Gross. It's just a design convenience. Exactly, but again... I'm going to think about this too hard. But what you realize is that, again, just because it's there for your convenience, and if it it's not quite if you wish to take off, you take off, so much as you ha kind of have to physically go through the motions like you want to take off, and the ship will respond. That's fine. I mean, I wouldn't want to accidentally think about taking off and it just decides to do it that would be a little inconvenient so yeah it's after a few moments it kind of hums a certain sort of ready and again it's humming it. it's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh rather than you know the usual computer going you know docking bay opening you know etc etc um, it's like how all new appliances like sing a little song whenever they do a thing mm -hmm. kind of yes a little couple of beeps here and there of doo -doo 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 
do. Yeah, um, it sings its happy little song to let you know that your water has heated or your clothes have washed or whatever. Which explains the weird noises I'm hearing from my neighbor on a regular basis. I hear something that I think is a child's toy and I'm fairly certain it's the washer. Yep. All new so. appliances must sing a happy little song. Apparently this bylaw got passed like a couple years ago and now it's a thing. I'm oh, sorry, no. is this a Douglas Adams law? You know, door open. We hope you enjoy your trip through this doorway. No, it's door open. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> you can do everything and, and eventually you figure out that if you want the aperture open so you can fly out, you can. It takes a little doing. Again, you're kind of just going by the emotions of what you're used to and certain things receive that information, relay commands in the correct way, and things go through. This also means that your pilot skill applies to moving this creature. Oh, ain't that convenient. <laughs> Trust me, when you said you were playing a pilot, I had this scripted way back. Yes. Um, <laughs> see, you have a purpose in this. But yes, and when you finally do kind of say, all right, open the doors, the whole ceiling kind of arches open. Again, you probably said like the iris or the, the, the lens. And it just, you know, if it opened up any weirder or larger, a beam would come out and send three Kryptonians to the, to the phantom zone. That's a old Superman movie reference. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's like th this whole thing opens up and you see sky immediately and the bright sunlight and everything else. And yes, certain things fall down into the cavern because they were on top of this mound and probably have been for quite some time. So rocks and dust and dirt just kind of like start raining down for a little bit. But once it, the aperture gets to a, per, a certain point, no more dust and is going to fall out simply because it's going to roll down, not you know, roll down the sides, not down through the opening. Thankfully, none of it hits the vessel. And it, you know, when when requesting it, it just kind of lurches up. You can okay. One of the more disturbing noises that when the docking clamps disengage, it sounds eerily similar to somebody recording um, a suckling baby being pulled from its mother and that same sucking sound being blared over a stadium's uh, uh, sound system. No, thank you. We're fine. Okay. okay. The ship is cool. The sounds are gross. <laughs> uh, and the ship then again, with the right kind of thrust or whatever, you're not feeling thrusters or gravitational matrices or whatever. It just gets up and starts flying away, you know, flying out of the area. And you know, given the choice, I'd rather like have regular mechanical ship sounds and feel thrusters. <laughs> um, the joys of Bioship. It doesn't take long for you to figure out how to get to the shuttlecraft. Now the shuttlecraft itself um, is much smaller than your current ship. Your ship, uh, let me pull out the book on this one. I actually do have stats for it. I made it, you know, a long while ago. Uh, <laughs> where are they? This one. It's gotta be this. All right. Oh, did you make it using the extremely clunky ship design book that's included in, in second edition? 
I, uh, with the, uh, yes, the shipbuilder's manual. Yes, that's yep. the one. There she I had to do something, to, you know, to get reference for it, you know? <laughs> Let's see here. It's clunky, but I've seen worse rules. I have. Let's see. Oh, here we go. I mean, yeah, get... me too. I play Shadowrun Fifth Ed, but. <laughs> or what they used to have a game called uh, Rule Master. Most people I know refer to it as Slide Rule Master. <laughs> so yeah, this is considered a like a Ace Forty Eight large vessel. So as in a large vessel, it's probably about the size. Oh, I couldn't. Anyway, I don't know my, my ships very well, as in my like nautical vessels or anything else like that. So this is not a scout ship. This is not a personal shuttle. This is not even a yacht. This is, but it's much larger than that. But it's not a frigate or a destroyer. It's uh, so in battleship terms, this would be a four square ship, not a five square ship. Oh, that battleship terms. I thought you were talking about like on naval vessels. No, um, God, I don't know shit about that. <laughs> I was hoping the two people who were in, say, the military might have a word or two on this subject. But if you don't, no worries. I know you guys are army, not navy, but uh, you know, whatever. No, it's the Coast Guard, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, so it's like a container ship. All right, that's fine. This is yeah. Ty's MO anyway. Fair yeah. enough. And, I anyone mean, I would ships, assume that of anyone who, who would know the size of ships, like, Coast Guard seems fairly likely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, ships come in a lot of different sizes. <laughs> Even battleships come in more than one size. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Depends on make and model. And you're also, you know, even submarines are, are different, too. You know, the difference between a Typhoon class and a Alpha class is quite, you know... Uh, no, I think you'll find that submarines are three squares. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, again, if you're talking about in Battleship the board game terms, this is probably a three square vessel, not a four or a five, but it is not a two or one. Okay. Uh, See, this is this is a system of measurement that I can understand. <laughs> so yes, yeah, not unlike a con okay, it's not a you know if I think navalized container ships for me are like you have a floating city whether you know it or not, but again, it's not a. a I mean, container ships, yeah, they come in different sizes. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like a yeah, it's 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 fairly large and large enough definitely to support a number of crew, but it's not like cramped quarters or uh you know going to take on, you know, a, a battle fleet or anything else like that. It's sizable but not titanically huge. Well, I mean, especially since there's like a handful of us plus some random centauri that we had to take. Yeah. Mm. Actually, one is a Centauri. The rest of them, I believe, are various other species um, because he likes variety. Yeah, but like, uh... <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> Basically, if you were to add everyone together, you guys had nine people on board the vessel who you chose. Well, sorry, eight you chose. One came because he was the medic needed for to keep Aparo going. Uh... One Score! Was... Bonus choice! <laughs> <laughs> One was Padini Foglio and his troop, which I'll pull up the information on that in a few bits. So probably that's, you know, let's say grand total about 15 people plus you three. So yeah, you're talking, you know, 18 to 20 people all told. And you haven't really explored this vessel that much, but you've done at least get to the bridge, um, even, you know, 
Ty actually went to what might be considered the main computer room and was able to install the brain. Um, so, and I have to say it from that point on, you would now have the brain. Um, yeah, that's one of the weirder OSs that Microsoft released. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would be, I'm sorry, if Microsoft did release OS The Brain, that would be an interesting advertising campaign. Brain, brain, I mean, brain. it can't be any weirder than that time they tried to rebrand Windows Vista as Windows Mojave. <laughs> you have a point. So, okay, but you fly over the vessel and some people are prepared for what they see. Some are not. Good Busek has actually asked to, he said, I'm, I'm going to investigate the rest of this vessel to make sure it's secure. Yorni is actually just like getting on a couch and like staying there. She's like curling her legs underneath her, kind of like holding on to her, to her, uh, to her knees a little bit. Is that everybody else? Yeah, that's all the people who was with you at the time. When you get to the ship, Pali is the first one who actually comes out to greet you. And you again, I'm not even gonna ask for a piloting check for uh from uh from Ty, because this is you know, this is you're gone not that far, so it's up and down. Nice and easy. You're just like, oh okay, these respond pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I feel like she's landed many ships before, so yeah. Exactly. Again, this takes a little getting used to because the controls aren't exactly the same, but it's you know, it's enough that you feel comfortable enough for just up and down. It's not like you're doing anything major. Hmm. So, and again, once you do that, the uh, ramp opens up easily. You actually see Kali waving at you guys with both arms doing the whole, I'm over here bit when you land and you can see her through the window. And uh, she actually like taps her community, uh, taps her link for a second and you can hear her, you know, kind of hailing uh, you guys. She goes, where did you find this? It was and in a cave. Where else? <laughs> what did you say, Becca? It was singing to us. There you go. She's just like, okay, will it get us to where we need to go? Hopefully. so. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love the freeze. Yes! Hopefully, God knows. Uh, <laughs> it's like, Jesus. All right, so uh, do we take the shuttle with us or do we just um, load everything we have from here into there? If we can take the shuttle, I think it would be best. The shuttle is actually a small fracture of the size of this vessel particularly in Babylon 5, where they use shuttles for transfer all the time. Right. That's um, what I'm thinking. We can use it for transfer. I mean... Scoop that puppy up! Eventually, we're going to run out of food. We're going to have to land somewhere and gather supplies. Okay. I mean, Which, unless way, you we can train the bioship to synthesize stuff for us. And also train uh, ourselves not to be grossed out by it. I look at Ty. <laughs> I just, like, shrug, like... <laughs> I'm just doing, I'm just here. <laughs> I, I don't know what it can do. I don't even know why it's doing this. I don't know what it's doing. So far, it hasn't tried to kill us. Yay. Uh, 
But yeah, there's a docking bay on the... I'm like punching buttons on the fake screen. The third level? Actually, there is, but it's... it's the docking Or there is itself. now! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But apparently that does actually go to part of this map on the third level, which isn't that intensive. You'd almost say this is kind of like the cargo level of all things. Um, but you can actually get the abdomen to open up and essentially swallow the vessel. Now, what this also means is that it provides an airlock should you use the shuttle in space. Essentially, uh, once it's the once the shuttle is <laughs> enclosed within the uh, the the bio ship, the air comes in and you can walk in or out. But on the, and again, when you leave, all the air comes out. The abdomen opens up. Uh, shuttle goes out. Well, I'm sure being swallowed by a bio ship is not going to be deeply upsetting for anyone. <laughs> uh, you can actually have it so that, you know, uh, the bio ship will basically pick up the, the shuttle on the way out. Yeah, I mean, let's do that. But we're also going to have a bunch of traumatized people who are just swallowed by a bio ship. Just saying. Well, unless you get them on their ass. Kuposek went to explain how it's going to work, so... Maybe. Yeah. Didn't close their eyes. <laughs> there. there you go. So, yeah, uh, Kaluta will actually do some of the explaining, but Kuposek also does as well, and kind of explains that, yes, we can, you know, bring the shuttle in on board. It's going to look a little weird, but it's going to be just fine. Number of them actually get up. They said, "Look, you know, we'll just we'll go up the ramp and we'll deal with it." Most of them take their stuff anyway. But the ship does actually have rations, fuel cells, and a few and the brains, which you guys can take up manually or uh, take out from the shuttle itself once it's once it's uh, once it's docked. However, one person doesn't come out of the shuttle, and oh, Eric, uh, Nurse Eric, walks up to Dooley. Actually, sorry, Links, you know, goes up the shuttle. Initially, Amaze going, wow, I could do a turn paper on this place. Walks over to Dooley, says, uh, uh, Dooley, can I borrow you for a second? Okay. I'll follow uh, him over. Okay. He actually takes you to, like, a, a side room, which turns out to be, again, the, 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 the neurological uh, area. He's just kind of amazed by it, but he just took it because it was the first room off the bridge. Right. And, um... He's like, wow, this is strange. What are those empty holes for? Anyway, uh, so this is just between you and me. But I was instructed to find you and pass along this message. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> Paner's not going to make it. He has internal bleeding. He is hemorrhaging blood at an accelerated rate. I cannot heal him. Okay. The things that I have on hand. He's asked me to contact you so he has can have words with you. Narn to Narn, I guess. Something. Okay. Uh, I will go see him right now. Okay. So you go to, uh, you go actually go out of, out of the bio ship down to the shuttle where... Uh, every, the only, everyone's out. They've, they've already grabbed their packs and stuff and had gone into the ship. Uh, believe it or not, people have already started calling rooms. 
because they found out there are actual. Oh, I fully believe that. That is human nature. <laughs> that is people nature. Yeah. Like I am certain that like as long as there is, is is someone else in the room, like there at no point is Dibs not gonna come up. <laughs> I so, invoke the ancient rights of Dibs. Uh, one question. I want to try something as we're walking to the shuttle. Okay. So, I I know that I spoke to the ship once before and it understood me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have psychic abilities, so it can't probably easily speak back, but you said I still heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're walking, I'm going to ask it if it's capable of producing something like a med bay with a suspended animation tank thing. Sleep tank. They had sleep tanks then. He kind of goes, sleep tank? Heel heel room. Heel room. Can do heel room. Annie? Can you do a heal room? Heal room. Can do. Okay. We we need a heal room. Uh, he actually says, take healer to fourth door left. Okay. All right. So count tough. One, two, three, four. And I'll open the door and say, we're supposed to go in here. Okay. This is we'll, assuming Eric you're taking with you? Yeah. Okay. We'll get Connor in just a minute. Okay. He's, he, so when you get there, it again looks like a basic room. And a little bit of bioluminescence just shows up on, on the right. And it flashes in a certain order and form. But you uh, quickly recognize. Actually, give me a quick intelligence check. All right. Under, barely. Yep. All right, you realize very quickly that what the the lights are are not like random shapes, you know, not, you know, circle, square, triangle, or anything else like that. They're attempts at versions of hands or tendrils. So, like, you know, put your hand here or something else like that. And there's one that kind of looks humanoid, except the finger count is wrong. Okay. And uh, uh, you get the feeling that it's kind of doing, not necessarily a security thing, but it's just like asking for input as far as you can tell. All right. So I turn to Eric and I say, here's the thing. This ship can make some custom tools and equipment. Okay. You have to vocalize it saying... Basically, I need this, and if it can, it will make it. Okay. I'm going to go get Connor, and I'm going to bring him here. Gotcha. No worries. I you will. try and make what you need to fix him. Okay. So, and familiarize with this stuff. <laughs> she has this look of good luck. <laughs> she says, "I'll try." And as you open the, you know, open the aperture to leave, he kind of goes, "Okay, ship. I need a, I need a scan bay, and I need a surgical table, and I need a, a ventilator over here." And you hear the phrase, 
Hey, bull? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a long <laughs> shot. If only you had a telepath who also had a really high medicine score. That True. is, oh crap, you're right. Mm-hmm. Can I do an intelligence roll to see if I remember this? Because right now I'm kind of focused. Uh, do a quick one, just real quick. I can see why you did it, and if you don't like this, uh, yeah, yeah, way under. Uh, yeah, you were the oh right. Maybe we should get the other person who's highly, you know, educated with medicine and telepath. And you kind of it, chime in to yeah. Uh, is my communicator working here? Oh yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask Mirgrat to meet Eric, and I'll give her quick directions. Give them quick directions as to where to go. The good news is is that once you're on the central level everything is flat so it's like one main corridor and everything is left or right off the corridor that's it uh-huh so that's when you go fourth down you go fourth down on the left you know exactly where that's going so what happened to the bakiri to the bakiri yeah didn't we have a bakiri with us you mean besides ty or uh tubo yeah, well yeah the one's still in the bakiri body um, no, we never actually, okay. not one of them was a Bakiri that you asked for. It occurs to me, I may not be able to lift, uh, Conair. Um, I'm going to need help. Uh, okay. the other guy who was fighting with him. The Drazi, White Mountain. The Drazi, that was, okay, not mm-hmm. Bakiri, a Drazi. Uh, Kaluta. I'm, yes, Kaluta. I'm also going to ask him to meet me. I guess this is still on the shuttle? Yes. To ask so him to can... meet me on the shuttle. He, he will actually he actually went up to the ship. He's one of the people who not necessarily is claiming rooms, but he's trying to move his stuff in. And when you kind of see him, you're like, uh, Kaluda, I may need some help. He's like, lead the way. And um Alright. He's not it's not unlike feeling the Hulk behind you, just kind of the stomping. But it's not because he wants to stomp, mostly because he probably weighs about 400, 500 pounds of like right. pure muscle. And, Which and is armor. why I asked for help because I have like a, a negative score to my strength. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you get to the uh, shuttle, you open the base, and uh, Aparo has been moved. He's not great, but he has been moved. The only person who is on, I guess you call it a med, a improvised couch, as it were. It's mostly. Again, a number of seats that have been had their armrests moved up and they've kind of laid down a little bit. Um, he's not doing well at all. He's seeping. He's been patched up, but there's only so much you can do. And he looks over and says, oh, uh, uh, Julie, good. No, no, no. We don't have a lot of time. We have a med no. bay on the new ship. We need to move you. No, we don't have a lot of time. He looks over. Kaluta. Broader, give me five minutes. He goes for honor. Turns around and leaves. What? We're moving you to the med bay. He looks over. No, we're not. Here, he kind of taps, you know, one of the chairs nearby. You sit. I, I, I want to tell you a story before we're done. Oh. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Could he not tell this story while being gently cradled in Kaluta's arms on his way to the med bay? 
Oh, that's what I'm. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And by the way, you'll understand a few things after we're done with said story. He says, uh, "You and I both come from a time when the Narns were both at their peak and at their worst. And at their worst, we had two saviors come. One, Jakar. As you know." I see that you are a follower of his way. Jakar also pointed at another person, a man who Jakar knew as Arthur. He was sent to Narn to preach a new way of being. My family was destroyed. My lands were taken. I was once a landowner and I was crippled. My leg was destroyed a long time ago. And this man, he gathered our forces, and taught of ways of honor and discipline, and told stories of the old time of his place. And it seemed so much like our place, chaotic, ruins, and still a yet a mysterious magic around. And he brought with him tales of honor that we did not have anymore, not the good tales anyway. And I listened. And I learned and I understood what he was asking of all of us when we were done. And I joined his order. And he told me one story that always stuck with me. And I chose to follow it. Do you know the story of the questing beast? No, I haven't heard that one. I, by there the way, a, I look really anxious. I'm trying to like move him along so we can move him, but yeah. I look very worried. Yeah, it's like, hurry, <laughs> hurry the fuck up so I can save your life already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He, he, he says, um, I, the questing beast is a beast that cannot be found for it is always eternally behind you unless you are worthy enough to find it. I listened to these stories of these beasts and I thought to myself, we found out the ancient enemy was real. They called them shadows. We knew of them thousands of years ago when they came to our world. Why couldn't the questing beast also be something like them? Something had come to their world and had gone forever as a sign of honor that is always available if you know where to look. I think it's real. I think it has the ability to help our people further. The car has left us. We have the lessons, but we need, (coughs) we need more. This is not about me anymore. It never was. I put myself on a path and my path was for two things to find the questing beast, a being that could help our people, an actual animal that could bring what we needed. The other was to find what every knight truly wants and only a few find, love. I found that once, at least as I thought about it. And I followed it to the wrong end. I've tried to atone for that ever since, all several days of it. And now he picks, he reaches down and grabs his sword now I cannot continue that quest anymore. 
I know what you've been looking for. Not just the amber or a way home or what we've been dealing on the ship with the bugs and the yith. Yes, I know what the yith are now. Okay. I know you're looking for a path to help our people and for you to gain the honor you've lost to come home. So I say unto you this, he hands you his sword, kind of like offers it out, you know, offers out the the hilt of it towards you. Yeah, I look thoroughly confused and I take the sword. You take the sword, you will bequeath, I bequeath to you all my lands, my property, and station on Narn. I also bequeath to you my quest. Continue on searching for the beast that can help our people. And if nothing else, he points out the window, there is your proof (coughs) that it exists. Yes. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Say... I accept, or I decline. I accept. Good. He reaches over with, like, the knife part of his hand, like he's doing a karate chop. He, like, taps you on both shoulders. And he says, good. <sighs> Duly. Go with honor. Go with the gods. And go for Camelot. I will see you on Avalon again. And closes his eyes and drops back. Yeah, as duly I understood only about maybe 75% of that. <laughs> I have no idea anything about Arthur or Avalon or any of that. So. Kaluta actually opens the door, you know, it says, ah, time is up. He looks over. Uh, I thought it is. I thought as much. Take his stuff. It is yours. Let us go. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, I will take a few moments to, uh, kind of arrange the body peacefully. And if he has anything like a token that I might be able to bring back to his family, a ring or something, medallion that I can bring back. Um, do a quick search. Sorry, is that search? Uh, uh, investigation is notice investigation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Becca. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, as our resident meme goblin, apparently. What was that? I didn't hear what she said. Oh, she put up a picture on the the forum. It's the uh, guy looking into the girl, and the other girl is questing beast, and the girl he's with is no wait, it's back here. Um. <laughs> oh, I'll look in a minute. Uh, Thirty-one. Yeah. All right. Not only did he have a book with him, which was his journal, it's also a book of Arthurian myths. 
that okay. has been expanding upon, uh, some of which is being retranslated into Narn, essentially. Uh, but yes, he did actually he have- He unto her his fanfiction.net <laughs> Yes. <laughs> In paper form. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a couple of signets that he has. Again, you can identify his, his uh, there's a term for it, his circle um, yeah. for Narn. And you could tell basically when you get back to Narn, assuming everything works out fine, you will be able to not only identify his family, but also his rank within the Arthurian circle. There actually okay. is a round table circle nowadays, thanks to Arthur. Okay. And only that, but inform his family of what's going on. And Kaluta will mention when you're walking back with him that he will sign off on any witnessing that needs to happen. Okay. I'll also take the sword belt because I'm not carrying a, a naked sword throughout the ship. So it's not, and that's the thing. It's not a sword belt. It's a sword back sheath. Okay, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, gently work it off of him, and then yeah. uh, wrap him in. If he has a cloak or something like that, wrap him in that. You wrap him up. The, his cloak. He actually does have one because, of course, he does. Um, actually doesn't fit him all the way and you use a, a space blanket to, to finish it up but it does have a hood so you can pull that over his face but yeah he's he's ready for whatever tradition of burial is appropriate for the Narn um, in this case or even not unlike from Babylon 5 where they're you know from the stars they come from the stars they go eject just saying um, there yeah. are two Akmara in the party <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah, uh... I, like, I don't know if that's gonna square with your cultural traditions, but, like, if you're offering, they'll take you up on it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap him up in the cloak, and I'll, I'll mention to... Other time. The, per- the person who's with me, whose name doesn't want to stick in my brain. Uh, Think let's... Kalua, except Kaluta. Kaluta. Uh, we need to take him back. Come, come, fellow warrior. No, no, yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna make sure that he picks him up and brings him. I will do. He, he does so, and he, it's, he is exceedingly gentle. But again, it's the, can you carry him far? As far as you like. Um, but he's exceedingly gentle with, uh, Connor's body. Okay. And they walk out of. You guys walk out of the, uh, shuttle. And into the bio ship. Okay. So when you get there, I guess you would head to uh, Med Bay. Is actually the closest thing to the ramp. Um, inside Med Bay, there is <laughs> there is Mirgrat and Eric having what might be considered a devil of a time. I imagine so. Because uh, Mirgrat is having a delightful time because trying to explain medical equipment to an alien entity that is barely that is a bioship that is also like barely out of childhood is kind of like Mirgrat's ultimate challenge. Like they're doing the Sunday morning crossword puzzle here and they are fucking loving it. It reminds me of those mazes where you have to direct someone through, but they're blindfolded, and you have mm-hmm. to give the directions. Or yeah. like that one game where you where you have like a screen with like steps to disarm a bomb, and 
everyone else has the instruction manual and they have to tell you what to do without like being able to see what's going on. Yep. In other words, IT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except with squishy bits. Mirgarat's loving this. Fair enough. And again, trying to just, getting the basics of an, an exam table is easy enough. That's a flat surface. But actual scanners and uh, devices that are usually required for medical nowadays is just like well beyond its capacity. Yeah, Mirgarat's like explaining the conceptual, like the difference between like what it's supposed to look like versus what it's supposed to do. And like the, the form versus function components that are more important. Um, yeah, I suppose like, ultimately it doesn't matter what it looks like so long as it does what you need it to do. Mm -hmm. But that yeah. also means that both Eric and uh, Mirgrat are the first person to see Kaluta walking up the ramp with Connor's body in his arms. Mirgrat's stomach growls. <laughs> <laughs> He looks over and he says, he looks over to Eric and Kaluta, uh, the warrior did not make it. He bequeathed, un he bequeathed unto Julie all of his property rights and privileges, as well as responsibilities. This is most tragic. Yeah, Julie looks a little shell-shocked. It is, he looks over, he was a good warrior and a man of, a being of honor. And I will see that his honor is continued. He looks over at, at Julie, and you will tell me your rights of burial, or I will ask the sergeant. Um, I know I don't we don't have the book that in matters. front of us either, so. Yeah, I, well, I, d I don't remember it saying anything about rights of burial. It changed because a lot of their sacred places were bombed into oblivion, but it didn't say what changed to, if I remember correctly. No, no. Um, well, I don't think they had time to go into specifics. Yeah, I probably should have asked him, but I... I think we're in rather survival mode right now. <laughs> um, I understand. I will take him someplace to rest for a time. And he just... Yeah goes off to another room and like opens it up and goes in with with Connor. I mean, I, I think absorbed by the bioship would also be a viable option. Yeah, but absorbed by the bioship won't feed the two Pac Mara, who probably can't eat most of the food we have. Um I guess, but like I mean Yeah, that's fair. Although, Unless like, you can eat part of the ship and it replaces I mean, honestly, itself. If we if we cut off a hunk of the ship and it decays, we could probably eat that. Assuming that you, you could actually eat whatever it's made out of. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a saltwater fish, we're going to be fine. It is does look like a trilobite, and I'm not sure their uh, trilobites were land-based. Uh, damn it. We might not be able to eat the ship. Why don't we try this? Ask it for a small substance, set it aside for a day or two, and see if you can eat it. All right, that works. Here's, here's a question for Mirgrat, or for the Pakmara. Can Pakmara eat cheese? Uh, they, yeah. Okay. It's organic. 
Well, yeah. again, it's, it's milk, but it's also milk that's been essentially fermenting. Yeah, we can. we we determined that they could they could eat fermented drinks. Remember? Yeah, True. we can we can have kombucha and like fermented mare's milk and stuff. Okay. So yes, everyone's again grabbing rooms, getting things set up. They're slowly learning that the rooms will adjust to them, and it's not really complicated. Like you're going to get you know paintings on the walls or drapery or anything else like that, but it will make simple shapes and simple. Uh, things to help. In other words, a bed long enough. A bed long enough, possibly soft enough, uh, a window if you would need or want it, and kind of an aperture, which is kind of like a closet. Kind of. Maybe a table and chair, but don't expect it to move. Uh, Also, Sari, my attention is needed elsewhere for a moment. I'll be right back. Yes. So while we're doing that, Ty. Yes. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! He's got my—he's asking for my attention. What do I do now? Um, so you've been adjusting the ship, and you're realizing kind of quickly that not only is this thing of a primordial intelligence of a two-year-old, it's sluggish. It's moving like a—you know—it won't say it moves like a fish out of water. It's kind of lumbering, like. Oof, what is it? It's like a hippo in a lot of ways. I won't say hippos because hippos are actually fast. They're really dangerous. But again, it's that sort of lumbering when this thing feels like it should be moving really well. It should not move like a white star, which are just agile as hell. But it, this thing's just like, it's, it's like driving a boat. Again, you think this thing should should... I only know car metaphors, so run with me. Uh, this thing should handle not like a Formula One or a NASCAR racer, but it should at least handle like a good uh, Nissan sports car. I mean, However, it's, it's flying in gravity, and it's presumably supposed to be in space, so that makes sense. That's one part, but it feels like it's it's moving like a '58 Woody whose engine hasn't been maintained for a while, and part Maybe of that low on gas that is a good point give me also a quick uh operations pilot 24 okay you realize that the issue is yeah the ship is better in space than it is in gravity and in an atmosphere no problem however you're realizing it's the reaction time for the controls they're taking too long and it's kind of like acting, you know, trying to pilot a mech on a on a computer that does not have the frame rate enough to do anything good. If you you know press in a direction, you're going to drift in that direction, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. But you realize part of that is whatever's going on, the neural connections, the, the computer banks aren't processed correctly. It, if you'd had to guess, again, if you have knowledge engineering or Ooh, sorry, technical engineering. Sorry, that was not knowledge. Technical engineering. Technical mechanical. Nope. Uh, I don't have any of that shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you also have pilot. I'll give you that for pilot. You know, operations mm-hmm. pilot. Give me another one. Uh, another uh, roll. 29. 29. Natural 20. <laughs> yes. You're like doing the whole... Wait a minute. You know, doing... You're doing your usual checklist and Prime's like, okay, this shouldn't be right. That's right. And then you realize again, 
the processors aren't enough. It doesn't have enough data. It doesn't have enough to work with. You're asking it to do too much, even with the basic flights. It needs more ADA cores. There should, this, this is a vessel that probably should have at least three or four main uh, computer cores, and it's only got one, as far as you can tell. Mm. Uh, first of all, I'm going to call everybody on the communicator and tell them to stop fucking around and making new stuff. When <laughs> you kind of get on the computer, everyone, uh, this is your pilot speaking. Stop fucking around. <laughs> stop making stuff. I'm, I'm working on stuff here. Go sit down somewhere. Um, and I, I don't really know how many maps, but I guess look around for another thing that looks like it might be a building because we found that one cave. So maybe there's like another, um, Docking bay type area that might have more stuff. Okay. On the ground. Uh, if you've got operation uh, operations scanners. Nope. I'll allow that too. I do not. Okay. Everyone, you know, when uh, Eric, who's talking to Mirgrat, going, Eric actually says, you know, looks over to Mirgrat and says, "Look, she wants us to stop this. I know this is like great, and we really need this place, but let's go." Go sit down at the couches up front and at least all be in the same place. What do you say? Oh, that's right. She's not here. Uh, <laughs> sorry, she's doing something. Yeah, so when you make the call, a number of the people, since they don't know what else to do, then other than, you know, make things react to their systems so they can get a decent room, they actually start funneling into the bridge. Yornis comes in, as does Shokar. Shokar actually kind of goes the, what I could make out of this ship. Yes, the chef and butcher restaurateur has immediately started looking at the ship going, how exactly would I serve this? Do not okay, start so cutting holes in my ship. Yeah, a little disturbing. Don't do that. <laughs> but yes, the only persons who don't uh, come up to the bridge immediately are our player characters, Eric and Kaluta, who is in the room with Conner. Everybody else so far comes to the bridge and either just leans against the wall, grabs a, a chair or a seat on the couch. and just kind of waits while you figure everything out. Um, I tell uh, everyone to start looking out the windows to see if they can see anything that looks like it might be a building. Okay. Most of them look out the windows. Some They actually even volunteer to go outside on top of the ship to mm -hmm. see if they can get a better view. There's nothing. I mean, there's not even a lot of hills. It's pretty barren. Mm. I mean, we could go back to the other cave, or other docking bay, and dig around some more, maybe. So, uh, Dooley. Uh, yes. Okay, there you are. Um, did you also return to the bridge, or...? Honestly, I'd probably stay with, uh... A <laughs> person whose name I can't remember for some reason. Kaluta. Kaluta. Okay. So you're with Kaluta and Connor in a room basically doing whatever might be considered funerary rites. Right. And if and the, and and that's mostly probably just saying some words. Um I don't I don't know. Um and then I'm going to start reading his book. Okay. So yeah, everybody else has been called to the bridge and um I'll wait for, for Mirgrad to get back for a second. We're almost done with the evening, I know, because it's about five. 
But I, I have a little bit of a cliffhanger, but there's a solution to the cliffhanger to see how this goes. So, and I think the person who would be able to figure that out with the current people in the current place is, well, again, if you guys figure something out, you might be able to, but the one with the most medical knowledge also would probably be helpful. Uh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I wouldn't think of that though. So exactly. I'm just gonna, yep. So, I mean, there's, you know, we've got a few minutes. Oh, you, for you. you. Apologies. Uh, thank you for your patience. No problem. So, while you were gone, Ty basically realized that everything in the system was working very sluggish and very unresponsive. Very much feels like, you know, a boat on land, you know, rather than the sports car it probably is. Um, and so, she's realized part of the issue is that this system, as complex as it is, probably requires multiple data cores and all you have is one. And she's asked that everyone basically start looking for hills or something else that may look like another docking bay uh, that might be able to scavenge. And so far, they haven't even been able to find anything. So I figured so, the person- Sorry, it needs multiple data cores, right? Correct. And it's a bio ship. That's correct. Y'all, y'all. Y'all, the time has come. We have brains in jars. There we go. Oh my goodness. I knew where you were going with this, but Ty would not think of that because she does her best to not think about those brains in the jars anyway. And Dooley's <laughs> a little, little busy. Yeah, Dooley's a little busy too, so. So, exactly. yes, uh, Mirgarat is going to go to the brains in jars and basically ask for volunteers to like link up with the bio ship and help it do its thing. Okay. So is you do there's a little sense of trepidation because they're like, you want us to do what? And wait, what will happen to us? Now, a few of them actually kind of do the, this is not what I expected out of the bargain I made. This was not how I want to live my existence. Oh, so you could plug me up into a larger vessel so at least I have something else to do with my life other than stare at TV all day? Sign me the fuck up. Yeah, I think uh, there might be some people who are completely fucking bored. <laughs> We had to sit through that that uh, Bimbari prayer ritual. Oh God, please, anything else? <laughs> yeah, Mirgrat um, um, is going to apologize for Milgram again. <laughs> now, a couple of them, particularly uh, one human, who actually was Chuck Osteen, the the security person from uh, the ship from uh, the the Celestia, actually says, "What what will happen to our consciousness?" have no idea so we could just be like zombified or dead or like what it is possible that you will be subsumed by the larger ship and that your consciousness will cease to function independently however in this circumstance i believe the most likely outcome is that if you were absorbed you would be functioning more as a collective with all of your thoughts and I and memories integrated into a whole as a gestalt consciousness. Mm. There's one of the others, the, the dreamer actually says, I, I, there is a chance of this. Yes. It's a hive mind as we have telepaths do. I'm willing to risk it. A couple others like, um, I don't see we have any other choice. Um, one or two are like, are you sure about this? But you eventually even touch it. have a choice. The option to remain a disembodied brain in a jar is always one that is 
you are literally on a table. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love your grunt. Yep. Straight to the said, point. If any of you wish to wait for some of the more enthusiastic volunteers to merge with the ship and then see what becomes of their individual consciousnesses before making your decision, that is an entirely reasonable course of action. They actually say, um, give us, give us a minute. Please, take several. So they, for lack of a better term, talk amongst themselves. And after about, you know, a couple minutes of activity, a little bubbling in the jars and things like that, little text at the bottom flashing here and there. They eventually, I love it. you know, hmm? I love it. <laughs> they eventually come back and they said, all right, if this is a chance, let's take it. And they all, all volunteer. If this will help everybody, if this will get us back to where we need to be, if this will save people. Okay, it's not like we have a lot of life at the moment anyway. <laughs> you know, we're brains in jars. It doesn't get much more disembodied than this. This is true. Um, uh, but because Mirgorat is that kind of Pachmara, um, they are going to, before beginning this process, interface with the ship and mm -hmm. explain what how, like the origin of the memory cores that are going to be installed. And they're also going to explain that the the ship should view it as uh, more like making new friends than acquiring new components. Um, so, like, Mirgorat's going to try and prime the ship as much as possible to preserve the individual consciousnesses of the brains in jars, and, like... Uh, and try and like allow them to to harmonize obviously they need to be able to work in concert as a single entity but also like retain as much of their individual beings as possible okay give me a quick telepathy check <laughs> i <laughs> thought you were going to go with that <laughs> i thought you'd never ask oh no i assumed you were going to ask yeah fair enough hang on Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, you try to explain this to the ship, and uh, this is the equivalent of what happens. Uh, we need you to integrate with these because these are sacred things that need to be kept individual and separated. Think of them as friends, not as components. It's going to be okay. There's going to be a part of you, but they're not you. So you don't digest them. You don't absorb them. You don't use them as tools. You think of them as partners in a larger way. You become more of a group than a single being. The reply is essentially um, the the ship singing Abracadakawatch's uh, Uh, I mean, at least it's not the ship going om nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the way, does anybody else know that song? Uh, no, uh, I thought you were going with Abracadabra by Steve Miller Band, which is a surprise. It holds up well. It does, actually. Uh, no, actually, I was going with the ABC song sung by Big Bird from Sesame Street. I have no memory. <laughs> Basically, Big Bird sees the alphabet and thinks it's one word, so he tries to pronounce it. I love that. <laughs> so, um, you got a little bit of a risk, but again, you're about as good as you're going to get. Mugarat did their best. Like... Okay. 
they they didn't just throw the brains into the ship all willy nilly. They 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 tried to to prime the ship to give the brains the best experience possible. Gotcha. So Eric actually volunteers to help you install the brains because they're, uh, from what you can see, they're going to have to be taken out of jars. So their neural links uh, would actually interface with the data cores and they're going to have to be hung upside down essentially. But uh, that sounds the... awful. <laughs> but that's the thing. Once they're attached, then the neurologicals and the, uh, the brains become data cores. The, the, uh, apertures will seal up so again they're not going to be hung upside down and forced to stare out at nothing for the whole time upside down i mean it'll yeah actually... that would be fucking torture <laughs> <laughs> so it'll actually become more like uh net running from from or like the matrix in a weird way i guess that's acceptable you you know take some time uh, both of you are very gentle trying to get the brains out of the jars make sure whatever's keeping them alive stays that way until they're hooked up and again once the neural tissue is pressed to the receiver it just absorbs it and you have to basically i won't ask for a reflex save but you guys have to like jerk your hands away before the fl uh, before the wall just subsumes it and every time a neural core is a brain is installed ty actually notices the ship gets a lot more functional and a lot more responsive oh i was gonna say it's an angel gets wings but that works too okay fair <laughs> enough so by the last brain all eight are installed now there's 12 sets uh areas available uh of which nine have been taken you have the main core you found and the eight brains once that happens the ship no longer becomes um uh i go now i do thing what function it is now i understand what is required of me in this regard Good evening to you. We oh, yeah, have... massive RAM upgrade. Massive RAM upgrade, massive everything, uh, uh, system upgrade. And the, the song it sings as it responds, by the way, it now can respond in common, essentially English, throughout the ship Interlock. as own conduction. So you guys kind of feel responses through your feet. Oh, um... that's deeply disturbing. <laughs> yeah. But it actually is able to speak, and when it speaks, it actually is as a choir, you know, that's speaking in unison. And it does ask one question as it kind of does the, you know, data core received, data core integrated. And as it does that, every time it says data core received, data core integrated, another voice goes on, and another voice goes on, and another voice goes on, until eventually data cores processed, data cores integrated, we understand. What is our name? That's what we're going to get. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by me, I mean Becca. <laughs> she's the only one who knows how to fly it, so I think she should pick the name. But <laughs> since she's the one who has to talk to it, there is that. Yeah, that's fair. Not letting Mirgrat give a name she can't pronounce is, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't figure it's going to be one person saying, that's it, that's it. That's it. You know, I figured it's going to be like, all of you have to decide, you know, what do we call this thing? I mean, the only thing that's springing to mind right now is Betsy, so balls in y'all's court. <laughs> <laughs> And I bet you didn't think you would be here for a christening, as you Earthers got it. <laughs> 
but that is for the next time. So you must join us next time on Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story, and you will learn more. In the meantime, have some of the pizza and the ravioli and the... Ooh, what are these anchovies? Oh, magnificent! I must have more! And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Odyssey, a Babylon 5 RPG podcast or Reddit, r slash odyssey b5 babylon 5 was created by j michael straczynski and is owned by warner brothers domestic media the babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by mongoose publishing utilizing the ogl gaming license for d20 our audio engineer is gabriel belden our theme music titan striker was composed by evan king incidental music provided by tabletop audio at tabletopaudio.com all other music provided by creative commons license and is available of information on our website once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.